Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast. It really is the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic, Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. That is, of course, unless there's just one bloke sitting at home with 50 devices in front of him. It could be Jim Edwards. Who knows? Today I'm joined by my wife, Catherine Tolworth. Hello. Hello. <laughs> And she's agreed to read for us. No, which I haven't. She's not agreed to read for us. Who will read for us? James, chapter 5, verse 13, as Los Yetis fade away. Well, I will. Oh, good. James 5, 13. <laughs> I know better. Is anyone among you suffering? Like me. Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. This is the word of the Lord. Good job, honey. Thanks be to God. Oh, thanks be to God. <laughs> thanks, darling. You've been an Anglican now for like 15 years. Come on. They even say there's some Star Wars. I'm also with you. I know, I know. Okay. It's my right. bad, my bad. Yeah. So, I love this. I've actually quite enjoyed James. It's been really hard, as you know, because you've heard mm-hmm. all of the thinking out loud. It's been really difficult to um, track a sort of logical mode of thought because of the way he writes... But I love it, and I love the fact that he finishes with suffering, of all things. Yeah, me too. It's really, really good. I really like how he says um, the bit about the prayer of a righteous person has a great power as it is working. Mm. It's like this ongoing idea of ongoing you know, work that's happening. It's not something that's immediate, even yeah. though we're talking about yeah. suffering and, I mean, and healing. Yeah, that's right. There's this ongoing thing, right? And so prayer right there actually does something to you in the process of working. Right. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's kind of interesting. Um, it, it is a middle voice, which, you know, remember back from seminary, mm-hmm. um, it is that sense of sort of being involved in something, but having it done to you as well. It's right. not quite passive and received. It's not quite active and done by you. It's somehow weirdly... Supernatural or something. Oh, yeah. Like... It's like supernatural. <laughs> Even the Greek is supernatural. <laughs> yeah. It's actually, no, it is. It is actually because it's, it's, en- it's energeo, the energy word in working. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I think it is a, a supernatural thing. Um, effectual and fervent, put to work and shown and revealed. Mm-hmm. It's a work that is self-revealing. Right. How interesting. Um, you know, we talk about righteousness a lot and I'm not quite sure if James is using it exactly as Paul does mm. but it can be one of those words kind of that puts people off you know oh you're righteous or self-righteous right, right. or fully yourself mm-hmm. 
Yeah, until you change your perspective on it because we're called to love righteousness and to hate what is evil. Mm. And I pray all the time for our kids to love righteousness because if they love righteousness, they will in turn hate what is evil and so they won't be able to carry out any evil. They won't be able to engage in it if they love the thing that is righteous. Mm. They love righteousness. Oh, like James's point about the spring. Right. Uh, maybe chapter three. Eating the salt water and the yeah, fresh water. Yeah, the two, yeah. You, you can't love righteousness and hate righteousness at the same time. Right. You can't love righteousness and be engaged in evil. Mm. Um, so I, I often pray for our kids and for us, you know, to, to, to love that which is righteous. But I'm also thinking <clears throat> about that legal status use of the word um, of of being right with God. Mm-hmm. You know, my standing with God is good mm-hmm. and not because I'm good. Because he is. Because he is. Right. Yeah. But I know, but I but people view that negatively. But again, like that 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 that's because we need to re- have another shift in our perspective. Because mm-hmm. I only see that as great, great news because I am so useless and right. I'm definitely I know yeah. how good he is, which makes me know how not good I am. And so right. I, I don't have to rest or worry or be concerned about my own righteousness right. because it's his righteousness that saves me. So I'm like, oh, good, you've got this. Well, like uh, God's goodness is far greater than we think it is and our sinfulness is far greater than we think it is. Right. And that sounds like a much bigger problem than God kind of being okay and me being slightly less okay and there not being much between us. Right. But in fact, this is the good news. It's the best news because we have a God who is all powerful, mm. all good. Yeah. And we get to just relax into that. Yeah. And um, right. we can just see ourselves as we are so and, we, and know that we need the help. So we gain this help by, by approaching him in prayer. Yeah, it's really easy. <laughs> So I think you get both ideas that you're saying, really, in the passage. You, the word Lord appears several times. I think that's telling us, you know, here's this objective truth. God is sovereign. Mm-hmm. He's the Lord. And, and maybe the subjective thing as well, that he's our Lord. Right. And we trust him. Yeah. And so he's amazing. And we are actually quite ordinary, and yet we can be called righteous. And the example is given in verse 17 of Elijah. Yeah. He's like this great hero of the faith. I mean, if he turned up, you know, in church and heard my sermon, I'd be terrified. Right. It's like worse than like a bishop's visit, isn't it? And Elijah's here. And then he goes, well, he's just a bloke. Yeah. He's just like us. And this, you know, one of our favorite uh, ministers, this mm. is one of his favorite verses. Is it? Because, yeah. Who? Uh, Francis. Is it really? Yeah. Because he's like, <laughs> you know. So he's, he's sort of like, you know, Elijah's got nothing on me, you know, like it's, it's, oh, yeah. and he's got nothing on you either. Right. So he is, he is a man, he has a nature just like ours, a simple fallen nature just like ours. Right. But he prayed in faith. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there are plenty of times that Elijah prayed where, you know, maybe yeah. he didn't, you know, change the outcome of, of the weather. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, he, yeah. There are plenty of times when we can have faithful prayer and see incredible moves of the Spirit because of God at work um, through us. Homoeopathes. 
I don't just know this. I've looked it up while you were talking. Yes, I know, because I have the same Bible in front of you. Yeah, you've got the same, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what keeps a marriage alive. Homoiopathes, um, meaning of like passions or subject to like passions or similar feelings or affections. So basically, he wasn't just like us. He felt like we feel. Right. Happy, sad, Sad, worried. angry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all of these emotions. Given over to all of the emotions that of the heart, which Fearful. is deceitful, right? Yeah. So it, it, he's he's not some yeah. superhuman. Not a super saint. No. No. He's just like us. And so what's possible for him is possible also for us through prayer, fervent prayer. Right, because of the power of God. Because of God's righteousness, yeah. yeah. His power at work in us through the Spirit. Yeah. Um, so I guess we've got to talk about this this whole thing about prayer because I will be talking about this in a sermon a bit as well. You know, how many times has someone said, "Oh, I'll pray, I'll pray for you." you right, know? right. And and you've gone away thinking, well, "Will you?" Mm-hmm. And if you do, will it work? And it's a great thing to say. I don't want to. I don't want to stop people from saying, "I'll pray for you." No, it's fantastic. But I wonder if sometimes it just means, can you shut up, please? Because I'm really uncomfortable right now and I want to change the subject. Right. Is that harsh to say Sounds that? Sounds cynical, but I mean, I'm sure there are times. <laughs> COVID times. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are times. Or I think it's, it's, it's more often it's said really well-meaningly. Okay. But, um, or meaningly. Maybe not well-meaning. Just neutral, meaningly. Neutrally, meaningly. So meaninglessly. Meaninglessly. Or just like, yeah, I'm going to get to that. I, I really want to do that. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Um, Intended. Intended, yeah. The path to hell, yeah. So anyway, but... Um, but <laughs> Are you agreeing with me? No. Okay, just checking. Um, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> How dare you think that? So sorry, darling. Um, but I yeah. think... I think you will know... People know who is gonna actually who are who are gonna actually pray for them and who might just be like, I'll pray for you. And ah. You're kind of like, ah, I get it. Now I think this is really great because I'm relieved because that's where I'm gonna go in the sermon. Great, um, few, because because the whole point of James is that faith works. It's you have if you have a working faith, it will manifest. It will be obvious. It will do things. Um, you won't even need to really tell people about it because they'll see it. Yes, in the way that you treat people, in the way that you react to to you know things and problems mm -hmm. and situations that you're in yeah the um, fruit the fruits are evident yeah you know a tree by its fruit right so i guess actually the question is when you need some prayer who do you turn to that's right yeah and like and like another quote from a minister we listen to he kind of says you know if you were given the opportunity to raise the dead mm-hmm who would you ask? Like, yeah. it, would you just go and ask like the most random person in your church? Or would you ask someone who you know has a sort of lukewarm faith? Or is there someone that you are, you just know that you would take with you because yeah. you have this one opportunity That's right. to go and you're going to have this experience of raising the dead through, through prayer. Yeah. Who would you choose? Well, that's the person I would ask to pray for me if I were sick or if I were suffering. Um, and it's a short list. 
So what I think is really cool is, I agree, it's a short list. Um, and I wonder if James is saying, I wish the list was longer. Because, it, it, so he says, okay, is any one of you suffering? Well, let him pray. And that's verse 13. So why didn't you pray? And then in verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray. Mm -hmm. And so elders, I hope, are going to be more mature. Yeah. Otherwise, they shouldn't be elders. And so you're, you're seeking out people who've been recognized as and hopefully tested as being prayers. Right. But then he says, um, you know, the prayer of a righteous person is great power and it's working and anybody that turns to God is righteous. Mm -hmm. um, and, then he, and then he says um, that uh, we should confess your sins to one another, verse 16. Yeah. And that seems to lower the bar a bit. So we're all going to be in this confessional relationship yeah. and prayerful relationship with each other in, in an ideal world. Um, and then at the end, the wanderers, verse 20, can even come back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So James's vision seems to be really that the whole church, I think, is maturing. Wanderers are coming back. Normal people are growing up and elders are eldering. Right. And everyone's praying and everyone's confessing. Mm -hmm. To each other. Because we, if we're not confessing our sins to one another and before the Lord, then there's a there's a block there in the relationship. And, and a fraud. Both ways, up and across. And across, yeah. Yeah. And a fraud, almost. You know, because now we start to pretend that we're more righteous than we are. Right. Which is unrighteous. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. A spiritual block, definitely. Um, you know, why are we not seeing answers to prayer? Mm -hmm. Well, it could be that we're not praying. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of just not praying. Right. People don't believe it works or people don't know how, quote unquote, don't know how to. Mm. Um, or they, they feel that they'll get around to it mm. or it's just not a priority. Um, and so, or they don't, they don't feel like, you know, they, they have the right line to the Lord. You know, we've, we've heard certainly people say like, oh, you've got a special connection. Oh, you have a direct line to the yeah, boss. You've yeah, you've got a direct line. My dad used to say that. And yeah. it's, it's just not true, but it, we just yeah. happen to pray a lot. <laughs> right. I mean, it is true that we have a direct line, but, but um, it's but no more direct than no anyone else's. No more than anyone yeah. else's. Yeah. Which yeah. is what we used to say to Jesus. All the time. Right? Yeah. Why, yeah. Yeah. Why, yeah. Why don't you pray? Yeah. Which is this. Yeah. 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 And, but then to try and call someone up into prayerfulness rather than um, sort of putting them down for having bad theology. Right. Saying, like, well, no, let me show you that actually James is saying you can do this too. Right. It's, that's the Elijah point, right? Is yeah. he is a, he's got a nature just like ours, so just like every person. Yeah. Um, every believer has the opportunity to, to draw near to the throne. Mm. And to make petitions on their behalf, on behalf of the people that they love. Mm. Um, and it will work. And it will work. And, but it, if we don't confess our sins, we don't know what to pray for. Because yeah. we're all just hiding behind these facades of like, right. I'm okay, you're okay, we're good, oh, my toe hurts. Uh, why don't you pray for that? That's real nice. Um, right. Instead of really bearing our souls to one another and then, and then having that impetus to to really war for one another in prayer. You know, we, we mm. certainly do this in the women's group is really, it, it all comes out like the guts of it often come out of what, yeah. we, what needs prayed, prayed for. 
And then you feel much more connected and much more invested in praying for that situation because not only do you care for and love the person, but you know how deeply um, the need, how deep the need is. I think this is why testimony is so important as well. So it's the next week, isn't it, or the next month, where you say, "Hey, you know that thing we prayed for? Well, guess what God did?" Right. Yeah. Because I mean, it really you see an answer. Yeah, and that's so so important. Um, and in fact, I can announce it here on the podcast. Wonderful. That next week there is going to be a testimony. Oh, that's very exciting. It is indeed. My what well, was your idea? But <laughs> my dream would be actually that throughout Advent we could we could have one a week from someone just saying, look, this is what God did for me. And it could be any kind of story. It doesn't have to be, you know, I was blind in the gutter and all the rest. Mm -hmm. it, could, it can be. But it could be, it could be anything at all that God's done that's just going to build up the faith of other people and testify to the glory right. of God. Right. Even if it's just like, oh, I just felt like I needed to start praying more. Mm. And I did. I started and now I'm praying five minutes a day and I was praying none. Yeah. And that's it really made a huge change in my yeah. life. And I can't wait to do more. And whatever, even if it's small steps, right? Yeah, I think that would be really great for people, really, really helpful, and I'm looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm looking here at the reason why we do this, the whole reason we get out of bed, is life and death. I mean, twice here, James, uh, he says, the prayer of faith will save the one who's sick, and you know, soaked, so save, mm -hmm. rescue, heal. The Lord will raise him up. Very definitely clarifying here by save, what he means is not make you toe better. Right. He means make you uh, live forever. Right. And then at the very end, in verse 20, wandering. And then he says, we'll save his soul from death. Mm -hmm. And so, and the forgiveness motif returns as well, cover multitude of sins. We're talking here about giving people life after death and forgiving them for their sins. That's the aim of, of all ministry here. Right. And... The whole point of all of this prayer is to see God working. But why do we want to see God working? Because we want to save people. Right. And that was, that was Jesus' aim too, right? Every time mm -hmm. he healed, he would, he would first heal them of their sins. Yes. And then in order to, if, if someone wanted proof right. or because the person wanted it, he would heal physically. Right. But the priority healing was the healing of the soul. Right. It was the saving of the soul, the forgiveness of their si the, the sins. And that's got to be our priority as well. You know, as we're praying, mm. it needs to be, if he's our example, it, it, it should always be that that person draws into deeper relationship with him and that we do as well through this is the power of it's working, right? Um, and then... Beyond that, whatever other, you know, thing we're petitioning for. There's perhaps just one thing left to finish with, and that's the question of suffering. Because this, this amazing, powerful passage all about saving people begins with suffering. And it seems that suffering is leading people or forcing people to pray more mm -hmm. and get together more. Right. I know the women's group talked a lot about suffering in the last book you did, I think. Two books, two books ago. ago. Yeah. Um, and is that right? Is that, is that a widely accepted view that suffering can lead you to God? I think it always does. I mean, it always will if that's where you allow it to go. Right. But um, just to say that suffering is always going to be a part of 
life, of, of every human's life. It's just that ours is not in vain. It doesn't have to be in vain, right? Mm. And our suffering can lead us closer to one another. It can lead us closer to him. It can lead us closer to an understanding of his word. It can lead us to a, a deeper um, understanding of, of who we are, of who he is. It's like there's so much richness mm. in suffering. And it just, I think if you, again, it's another shift in perspective to say, like, if you just accept that suffering is, is going to be a part of this life, right. but this life is but a minute. It really is so short compared mm -hmm. to eternity. Mm. And so that if you go through suffering and it does draw you nearer to him or nearer to a, the saints or it makes you stronger or makes you understand his character better, then it's worth it. You know, I, everything's count as loss aside from knowing him. And so mm. anything that helps us to know him better or to be to glorify his name is is worth it, even if it doesn't feel like that in the moment it often is the thing that we look back on and say that's when that's when I knew him the most when I felt the closest to him um, and when I felt and or when I felt the most supported by my brothers and sisters in Christ when the church was doing what it was supposed to be doing when, yeah. it, when the bride was was the bride uh, is when one of the limbs is hurt you know mm. so going on a lot of different little no that's really helpful i mean it was almost almost a wolpian crescendo <laughs> and you know I've, I've been worried for 21 minutes and 52 seconds about you wouldn't how, we, have one. Well, how would we end how how oh how have to wait until someone <laughs> came knocking on the rectory door and said are you guys okay look who's look who's back They're feeling crazy and they're lifting their arms. They're charismatic. They believe in the power of prayer. That's why we chose them for this season. Yes, That's the only reason. Oh, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for joining us. We are looking forward to next week. And uh, next week I'll be joined by Chris Khan, who will be sharing her testimony with the church. And uh, that gives Jim just enough time to arrange 50 smart devices in a circle around him. <laughs> He drives the numbers up. Okay. We're very grateful that you've joined us. Thanks, everybody. We love you, and we'll see you soon. God bless. Bye.